So hello again and welcome to Freeball, the volleyball podcast. My name is Louis and I'm with you this week for another great episode. We've just been really spoiled looking back over the last few weeks of how many amazing guests that we've managed to attract to the show. And today is absolutely no different. We are going back to beach volleyball. And this week we are talking to Kame Schulk, who started playing for Canada, has now decided to change and start to play for the USA. Because of that, he's had to sit out for two years playing on the AVP, which is one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive tour in the world. But we catch up with Kame now and we talk about all of his dreams, his aspirations of playing for the USA. But we also have a look back at the Olympics in 2016, a fifth that he took in the World Championships in 2017. Kame Shulk is one of the best in the world and we're so lucky to have him on Freeball. Here's the interview that me and Cam did with him not too long ago. Kame, hello and welcome to Freeball, the volleyball podcast. I don't know why I look Thank at Thank you very much fun. for joining us. <laughs> Yeah, for having me, guys. I'm pumped to be here. Um, hopefully, uh, that will be a good session with you guys. How's how's your playing going, mate? All good? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's good. It's been a long sit out process for me, but um, I get to play FIVB again in like eight months. So, um, it's been good though. AVP is like a really good tour, and and realistically, like playing on that tour is the, the best way to make money these days in, in beach volleyball, which is kind of a sad thing, but. Um, it's good though. I, I've been training a lot and, and working hard and um, excited to definitely come back at some point soon here. So, Yeah, come back as an American. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we'll explain this at the start of the show, obviously, but you've, you've decided to sit out post, it was post Rio, wasn't it, near enough? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a year, well, it was, I played one more season yeah. um, and basically decided after that that, you know, it was going to be a good call for me to to switch federations and, and just, and be able to play on the American tours and I've living in the U S and, um, there's way more opportunity to make money and, and, uh, just continue playing. Cause I love playing volleyball. Basically that's kind of the main reason why I did it. Yeah, um, in Canada, obviously like people usually, you know, they get into their mid thirties and they kind of just hang them up and, um, it's, it's difficult to keep going at that point if you're not, like, cause you're not, it's really difficult to make a living playing so um we have we didn't have any support and when you're paying for all your flights and coaching and travel and, yeah. and tournament it's it's it gets it's a lot like it's a lot of uh pressure to do well all the time and um which is fine but it's just like it's just hard to it's a grind yeah. um that's just you've you've seen part of that as well so it's uh, uh yeah for sure tough, yeah. Man. Em- empty empty pockets um, but would you yeah. say that was the main the main reason of you changing was the uh, like the opportunity to play AVP, the the main sort of like the, the longevity of career. Yeah, the longevity is for sure like the main thing. Like, um, just like looking at all my buddies in the U.S., they're just like they want to play into their forties, and um, they can, and they they have a good system here where you know they get support to play, and if you're top four, five, six teams they all get some sort of money every month and they all get, you know, if you get 17th or higher at tournaments, you get, you know, your flights and you get your coaching covered and you get stipends and you get like, it's, yeah, it's not really comparable to be honest to what I had in, in Canada. So like, it's going to be a, a lot of work for me to get to where I want to be. Cause I'm going to be starting out with zero points and 
and just kind of working my way up the ranks. But it's just kind of like a new challenge, which hopefully goes well. And then um, the bonus of all of that too is for me to be able to play AVP, which which has been awesome. And um, you know, it's it's a really fun tour. It's a little bit different. It's 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 really nice to just be able to travel. You know, an hour flight or you know, you got three or four tournaments kind of right where I live and be able to just play kind of at home. It's really cool because um, we didn't have any tours in Canada, obviously. So there's um, the benefits of being here and playing here for me. It just kind of, uh, it took, it was a tough decision, but like looking at everything, it was like, you know what, it's going to be in the long term. If I want to play, then, yeah. then it's going to work out well. And if I want to play staying here, I'll probably, I probably would have played one more quad and gone for Tokyo and, and seen what happened. But um for me now, I can play as long as I, as my body holds up and I want to play. Yeah, I um, guess you, you look logistically. In, I think you look in Hermosa or wherever you're based. I, I guess you're very close to Hermosa and and that spot. Uh, yeah, yeah, like John Hyden, yeah, Dalhouse, all those guys who are older than you that you can still aspire to. Pretty, pretty. Yeah, cool. for sure. And and those guys are you know those are buddies and they've I I picked some of their brains before doing all this and. Um, it just like, it just, everything kind of made sense for me. I'm, I'm, I live here. I'm, my wife's American and, um, you know, it's, there's just being here for so long and kind of seeing the system and, um, it's, yeah, it's good. It's going to be challenging for sure. It's not going to be easy, but there's a lot more better players here. There's a lot of good players. So it's going to be a lot, a lot of me just grinding away and working my way up the rankings again. But like I said, it's it's pretty exciting to be able to have that opportunity at least. So, so did you have to like fully change your citizenship? Uh, no, like... I mean I was a dual <laughs> citizen into, since I was at birth. <laughs> <laughs> not, <laughs> not like fully change, but um, I, I I've had two passports basically, so I've had the option. And it, it, a lot of people thought it was from my wife, but it wasn't. Like my mom's American, so. Um, when I was born, I got, I got that. And basically the process is have, you have to sit out for two years cause they don't want people to do that regularly. And that makes sense, obviously. Um, so I, that was kind of like, well, do I do this and sit out for two years? Yeah, geez. Um, but the only re- real reason why that worked out for me is that I've been able to play on the, a- like the ADP and then the P4040. And then, you know, there's been a lot of tournaments that I've still been able to do. So it's kind of been a bit of a, like a kind of like a bit of a mental break for me to be able to to be able to like focus domestically and not travel all around the world to play and, to play with know, ricardo yeah play with ricardo <laughs> a little bit that was really fun too and um yeah i got to learn a ton of stuff from him and um yeah it's so far i have no regrets like it's been a year and a half almost and i'm like well i've been really busy and i've done a lot of stuff and i've been keeping myself going and and um when i'm able to actually play it's going to be awesome um, but it's still a ways away, so I'll play the whole AVP season, and then hopefully can jump on as many FIVBs as I can for that. So when will when will you be able to play again, like internationally? October. Wow. So October twelfth, I believe it is. Um, I have it in my calendar here. I think. Let me just check. Is that I, I should not be. Is that too exactly. late then for the run up for Tokyo? Yeah. It's gonna be. Is it too late? Did you say? Yeah. Um, it's going to be like very, very tough. Yeah. October 12th. Um, like that, that, uh, whoops, doing something weird with my computer here. Um, basically if I start in October, I would have to light it up. 
yeah. like really light it up. So I'm not really, it's not really like the make or break is Tokyo for me. That's not really what I'm doing it for. Um, I, I'm still pretty young for beach volleyball. So if I can take a crack at Paris, the next one, that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, and I think I'll have a good chance to take a crack at Paris because there's for sure going to be some turnaround of some of these older guys in the U S and then some of the younger guys coming up and, and basically like looking at the system, there's not a ton of guys around my age. Um, there's obviously some really good players, but it's not like it's overwhelming amount of guys that are in their prime and, 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 and ready to become, you know, be a top team in the world. I feel like, um, so I, I thought it was a good place for me to slot in, you know, a guy in, in, in his early thirties and, and ready to go. It's, I feel like I'm kind of young basically in the system besides like Taylor Crabb. There's not a lot of guys that are really young and, and hungry for it. I feel like. Yeah. There was a conspiracy theory here. Obviously we're all following it closely that you were coming out of the darkness to, to get Dauhauser laid on in the career <laughs> that, that, and, uh, they, uh the Jason Lockhead, okay. Jason Lockhead was the conspiracy theory of the middle of yeah. the whole thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that would be amazing. Yeah, that that, was... that would be amazing. But I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm my pretty sure that he's gonna play uh, for Tokyo, and and he'll he'll call it a call it a career at that point. That's from my understanding. But who knows? Um, yeah. That would be that'd be nice though. So <laughs> anybody he... who gets to play with him would would have a chance to do well. I don't know. I would struggle with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, fine with yeah. I just find, just hit cut shots. Uh, yeah, hit, hit it, cut in. Find so, an angle on two. Have you started uh, shopping for a partner yet? Have you got your eye um, on people? I've talked to lots of guys, but it's it's um, it's hard because they all have their partners and they're going for for the Olympics too. So um, I'm like kind of like a backup option at this point for some guys, but once I'm actually eligible, then, then the conversation becomes more real. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm playing with Tim Baumgren for the AVP. And so we played last year for the last like six, five or six events, five maybe, um, together. And we, we did really well. Um, but yeah, it's just, he lives in Minnesota is the problem with him, um, with me and him. So we don't really, tr- we don't ever train. Uh, we just show up and play and, um, it's 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 good. He's a great volleyball player, but um, he's a good like partner in the meantime, basically. And he knows that I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking for a guy in my area to play world tour with eventually. But to play another season with him is not a big deal for me. It, like it's great. Um, and then you know, come July, August, September, October, if there's some guys that are struggling or injuries or anything, or or a team that hasn't performed as they should, then. You never know. Maybe I could sneak someone like Steel Blocker. Yeah, Dalhauser, Gibb, Slick, Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> um, Doherty, yeah. Yeah, um, you have a Ace list. Buttinger. Like, there's a lot of guys. Yeah, there's there's a big list so, of players to. I should have a decent option of. Uh, I feel like I, I should be able to if I work hard and um, start playing right away at like the two, one, two, three stars and try to get some points, especially like in October. Then if I have something under my belt, then then I think I think um, you know the plan is to get get the best player I can get to play with. So um, for the U.S. stuff, like for the for the national team, the U.S. stuff, do you just get to pick who you want to play with, or is there like a like an organization that will pair people up? Yeah, no, it's it's completely up to up to the athletes right yeah. now. Um, U.S. has done like a way better job of like implementing um like everyone into the program now so it's more it's way more like we all work kind of like work out together and have the same strength coach and head coach of the program and 
um, you know, nutritionists, all this stuff. There's like a big umbrella of people that are kind of helping out. Um, and I'm actually part of the training group now, like with the, with the, in the weight room and with the trainers and the physios, all that kind of stuff. So that's been like awesome. They've kind of opened their doors to me. Um, but it's not a lot of other programs. So some of the other programs like try to centralize everything and then, and then they also pick your teams. I think Brazil tried to do that at one point. And, um, I don't know who else maybe does that, but yeah, in the U S it's, uh, it's pretty much you pick with who you play with, who you, you, you pick and, um, basically like the funding comes down to how well you do. So, they don't really step in too much. It's yeah. just, it's a, it's mo- mostly just like a results driven program. It's fascinating, um, isn't it? Of it. Do, do you think having this conversation like previously with a few others, do you think that's, I'm not going to say there's a right or a wrong way, but obviously the European teams over the past few years have, have got closer to the likes of the USA and Brazil because they, they're doing things slightly more process led. Um, would you say yeah. that? Would you, would you say, I don't really know how to word it, but would you say there's a benefit of of doing it the European way or do you think... Like that, in terms of having like a center of everyone yeah, trying like to do it all the time and... Yeah, so Netherlands will have like maybe six on a program and that'll be right. their program and they'll work centralized with the coach the whole time. Where I guess in yeah. the USA, from my experiences, you see the coach minimal um, and you're, right. you're all responsible for your own training, um, yeah. so to speak. There's so maybe minimal video compared to yeah. Europeans. I've talked to I've talked to Tyler Hildebrand, the head coach of the of the team now, um, about this kind of stuff, and they they've kind of recognized that um, the rest of the world is doing stuff that's really working, and the U.S. is maybe getting behind a little bit in some areas. So it's been more um, more designed now to to be more organized as like a team thing now. So there is like every, twice a week right now they're running like national team training sessions. Um, in Hermosa, it's like you, you know, you get invited to go with your partner and they have probably like the top four or five teams all training together and all working on specific things that us believes that are going to be things that make difference playing on the world tour. Yeah. So that is something that's changed in the last year or so. Um, so it's basically them identifying that other programs are doing it really well, especially like Europeans, like the, like, like you said, the Netherlands and I think the Germans are do that quite a bit and um forget who else but i mean even latvia they kind of train together and they do training camps but that's more i don't think that's like federation based but like i think basically federation stepping in more and more is kind of looked at as um a way to go like a good way to go i think well talking to casey patterson he was sort of saying the same like you guys all have to work as well and, and factor everything around where, where some of the European teams, that's their job and they're accountable to sit and watch video or they're accountable to, to get out on the training court again or the, and they're accountable to sit with the psychologist and that's like right. something they're accountable for where maybe that's not the case over in North America. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, the top guys don't generally have other jobs, but um, it's for a lot of the guys, yeah, it's like, it's, it's tough. It's really expensive to live here and um, there's a lot of stuff going on and, and so it is still like a lot of, a lot of it's still like individual motivation what you're going to do, but, but they at least have all those services offered to us, um, in terms of nutritionists and, and, and train trainers and coaches and, um, video and we can do it. It's just like whoever it's like, it's still like your own. It's not like they're saying, yeah, you have to come for video tomorrow at three o'clock or whatever. Um, when other programs, maybe it's more like that if they're on like a salary and stuff like that. Um, but 
they are still leaving it more more up to the athletes um i think in the u.s is what i'm is still, kind of how still, it is still not a bad then, thing though pardon me still not a bad thing that you have to own it yeah i think it's good i think beach volleyball is a pretty individual sport and like that's the way i've done it my whole life too so for me it's fine but like i've found it really handy to have the resources that they have here mm-hmm. um it's just like everything is kind of at your fingertips and you don't really have to you know like once you're in the program like if you have an injury or something you're getting worked on right away you're figuring stuff out you're working with the strength coach about why this is happening and you're trying to tie everything together um i and i think you know like in canada they're trying to do trying to do that a lot as well but where the problem with with how that program was for me was was that they wanted us to stay in toronto like year round mm-hmm. um which is like I this is like five or six this is probably like 2013 I think it was and it was just like listen I like that you're offering me these services and that's the only thing that was offered to us basically but I need to be in California training and, and playing and getting better so that's what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it on my own and, and so that's where I kind of butted heads with the federation there mm-hmm. um, it kind of that was for sure the reason that made me and Ben, you know, a top team was, was because we moved to California. That's, that's the biggest reason why. So I think that the fact that USA has, you know, their facility right here in the South Bay, right by Hermosa, Manhattan, um, and then all that other stuff combined in, it works really well in this sense. I just, I always was like, we can't just train indoors in Toronto all year and just travel to tournaments. That's not what I think is the best way to go. Um, so that was, that was the reason why I moved out here in the first place, but you're a product of your environment, right? You're in, that, that's what we found when we were in Hermosa, like the environment. Yeah. I, I wish I knew, yeah, like five years on, I wish I knew then what I know now. But like... Exactly. But, but you're, How many years ago was that, that you were there uh, easily with the boys? Five, so that's I must five be years 25, ago? I think. I'm 30 now. So yeah. No, okay, that was five years ago? How old am I? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but like so that was like 2014 probably or 20 yeah, yeah correct 20 i think we did two yeah 2013 yeah. 14 but our environment made us so much better and you can completely yeah. see how that how that really see it too. like being exposed to the conditions and the competition and the everything and the deep sand it's like this is yeah. so much stuff there's so many things that kind of come in to help you and that's why there's so many good players in, yeah. in the u.s like even in the and the AVP, like, it's, I was really surprised starting to play AVP. Like, there's, you know, there's, like, they'll have, like, 100 teams in the qualifier of a tournament. And they're, like, still, everyone can play. Like, they're all solid volleyball players. It's like, you need to, like, grind your way through a qualifier because I had to do all that as well. But it's, like, man, it's, there's a lot of players that can play. And when you're living in California right by the beaches, that's just kind of how it works. People just play and play and play and they get better. And everyone learns how to handset. Everyone learns how to play at a high level and compete and it, it's crazy because yeah. in Canada there's nothing like that for depth there's there might be you know it's, seven eight teams that can play and then after that it's like where are the other players like do they even know what beach volleyball is I reckon <laughs> that's they, uh they it might be similar to Australia like you'd think Australia would be sort of perfectly built for beach volleyball but like where the where the most beach volleyball is played is along the Gold Coast and like uh Sydney and stuff but the, yeah but the um the Australian Institute for the Beach Volleyball stuff is in South Australia and they do kind of the exact opposite where they pick people early as juniors and they take them out there and they all live there and they train there and they're there. Like um, Chris McHugh, 
has been there yeah. since I was since he was like, like twelve. Since yeah, like he's he's that's his whole <laughs> life. He's honestly he's just been yeah. and but I think it's too insulated then. Like yeah. you, you need to do what you've done, I think, and just go and play. Yeah, just be around people playing. Yeah, it's kind of hard to know the exact recipe, like the best recipe, but it's like definitely looking at Australia, it was always kind of like they're so tight and together and the coaches are working so closely with everyone and you can tell it's all just like bundled up into this small little yeah, yeah. you know people and it's like man i feel like we were always kind of like it would be really beneficial for those guys to go out and do some stuff on their own and to go to california for a camp and do this and, and move around and um because they're just like so set they're almost like they're they're all I don't want to talk bad about Australia, but like they're just all set in their ways a little bit yeah. um, about like the way they play, the styles they play, and it's like let's do it this way, and that's the way to do it. Um, yeah. Whereas like beach volleyball is a sport where everybody is different and everybody plays differently, and there might be one way that works for one guy, and one another guy needs to do a completely different training to be at the top of their game, uh, and and everyone plays different styles, so it's kind of like making one person do a certain way and, and playing that style is not going to be the same thing for someone else. So um, that's the best part about the game, I think, is that there's so many ways to do things and yeah. and to play at a high level. Even like technically, everyone's different, like mm-hmm. passing, setting. Everyone does everything different, but it, but people find ways to do it kind of on their own. Yeah, it's, like, uh, it's interesting. I always find there's like three or four things per skill that make them good or bad. <laughs> if, you, if you like, as long as you do exactly. three or four key things... Then the ball's gonna yeah. go from A to B or or one way. But yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's like it's exactly. It <laughs> like, doesn't, doesn't matter how you do it, just as long as they yeah. things. It's like exactly that. Like they're trying to approach it from like a textbook sort of point of view, where right. then you hear Very like technical. we've got we've got friends out in Rio at the moment, and like Carambola was staying with them. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. like they're just living in a house together. They just go right. out and play just every day, and, and that's and that's yeah. like you know. The, the elite level volleyballers in the world yeah. aren't sitting there in some sports institute. They're literally just out on the beach with the bunch yeah. of guys. Yeah. And yeah. Like it's, um, it's true. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy how they, how they do go about running that pro. I don't, I've never obviously been to a session or anything with what, how they run it, but it's just, yeah, it is always looked at Australia kind of like, yeah, there's, there's something there like really good athletes. Yeah. Oh, they they can play they can play at the highest level but like once they get put into situations where it's not comfortable for them then things don't go well at all yeah. and so the problem is that they're not being put in those uncomfortable spots enough is my opinion yeah. and so if they're if they're setting up their offense to run a certain way and then teams figure out how to play them and then they don't have that secondary what do we do now instead of like passing a shoot pass and running our guy on two and running a shoot like yeah, that works really well when you're in system, but what happens when all of a sudden you have someone serving you super tough balls to your baseline and, and you're yeah. not being able to run the same play as yeah. that you've been doing your entire angles. last eight months of training? Yeah. <laughs> it's Take, like, I don't know, that's kind of what I've always found. We, uh, angles away from them. We did manage to beat Canada at the Commonwealth Games, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, final, that was, dude, like, yeah, Sam and Sam. Yeah. That was a pretty big upset, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was but a good those game, guys though. played well, really well. That was great. I think more, right? they played out of their skin. Like they played unbelievably to, yeah, to beat. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm not like Australia is good. Like they have good players. Um, it's just yeah, on the world tour, it's been hard to find the consistency. Yeah, I feel like. yeah. But, and and the women are a bit. It's a bit different in the women's game, but uh, but yeah, on the men's yeah, they have they're really good. Yeah. How was um? And I mean, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Tell us about. No, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> so I remember sat here 
I was watching AVP as I, I, I do quite a lot, watch a lot of volleyball. Uh, and yeah. I just saw you and Ricardo have to hump out like four or five games in a day. How was that? <laughs> <laughs> how, how was that yeah. one? You go in the loser's bracket with a blocker who's, uh, how old's Ricardo? 40... I don't want yeah, to say 44. He was, like, he was 43 when I was playing yeah, with him, I think. Or 42, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it was like crazy playing with him because the first tournament we ever played was uh, New York last at the beginning of last year or whatever, or two years ago. I forget what it was. Um, not last season, but the season before. Um, and he he hadn't been – he was new to Florida, basically, for months. Like, he moved there, and, and he hadn't been training, it sounded like. Like, he was kind of – like he, and we didn't speak English, so it sounded like he kind of, like – was without a shape basically and, and we had to go play we were going to play in the qualifier and um and so we're like all right and we just showed up the day before i was like hey i could i had no communication so we played and, and he's like obviously like phenomenal still even without training but like the one worry was obviously like are we gonna last like through this tournament and get through the qualifier and like find a way to play at like this many matches and so we played we played four matches on in the fir- on the first day on the Thursday and basically like grinded them out like had to play some tough teams like like we had to play like um, Rafu Rodriguez and Peter Marciniak Mar- 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 like that's a good team um, they ended up making like a semifinals of one of the tournaments that year and, and like that's in the second round of the qualifier of like an ADP like an interna- another international team so you're like playing tough games and we ended up like squeaking it like we went to three with that one and then we, we won the rest of them pretty good but like it was still we were done like so tired after the because i'm not even used to playing i'm not used to playing four in a day and it was the start of the season so you're like dang um and then like so you finally the crazy thing about the avp is like and every tour is like it's usually a 16 team draw so you like work so hard you you play all these matches and you, you make it in the main draw and then you're the the bottom seed in the tournament, so you're playing Phil and Nick in the first round, mm-hmm. and and then if you lose that, then you're playing in the eight, eight or the ninth seed, like another couple of good teams. So you're like basically like it's hard to move up from like I can see why people in the qualifier struggle to become main draw players because they barely make it in, and then they lose really bad because they're they're also really tired, and then they got to find a way to go through the back door. But um, when we started, we had a, our our best tournament was actually our first one together, but we ended up like beating Phil and Nick in that first match and then we took the number one seed and then um, went to the semis and ended up getting third but like I just remember like the crazy thing was like he he was done like Ricardo was done by the semifinal like it was like our eighth or ninth match or something of the weekend and it was like four one day and then two it was at least I think it was at least like our ninth match and by the end he was just like couldn't like he couldn't move it was just like falling over or even just to make the semis on the Saturday night we, we had an epic game with, like, I think it was uh, Patterson and not Slick. Uh, he was playing with Theo, maybe. Yeah, Theo and Casey, I think. And we just had, like, a 17-15 in the third to get to the semis. And, and he was just, like, I remember Ricardo just, like, fell, fell down and it was just down and out. And then you're like, okay. And then we ended up losing to, I think, Jake and Taylor in the semis. But it was just, like, it was crazy. Um but he was so fired up and like ready to start playing volleyball again. And, um, and it kind of like, I think that all that playing, being able to play in the U S and like starting to do really well again for him, because he had a couple of years in the FIVB where he didn't do as well mm. towards the end, I think, um, when he was playing with like Andre and, um, it kind of gave him second life, 
like for that yeah. guy. And he, he won really a, cool. He won a tour event last two weeks ago, right? With yeah. uh, Alvaro, yeah, he, beat Bruno yeah, Pedro, and so then like, they split up. Now he's like back in as being like one of the top two or three blockers in Brazil, and mm. he's, it's insane because he was out basically. So he was basically out of the program, moved away to the U.S. And then was like, yeah, I'll play for fun, AVP and stuff like that. That's what that's what I got. He, when I was talking to him, he didn't have any desire really to go back on the world tour, um, from what I could understand. And then and then all of a sudden he he was like, you know, had an opportunity to play with some good young defenders, and um, he started doing really well and started getting calls. And then is like, all right, let's do this, which is like a pretty cool story if you think about it. Um, he's he's like the best ever. Like that's phenomenal. I, yeah, I love that you can be so good that. You can, like, so without training, without ever meeting your yeah. partner, you can just rock up and yeah. play the AVP and come third. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, exactly. your country just call you and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll have you back. He- You're back, yeah. <laughs> it took a while. It took, like, a little while after that, I think, to get, like, the people from the Brazil going with him again and stuff. But, like, it was just, it's crazy. Now, like, his partners will go to Florida to train with him and he'll go to Jeez. Brazil a little bit. And um, Alvaro and him, I think, have a good chance of, like, I, I think... I think Bruno and Avondra are going to be awesome um, as that, that new team. But I think like the next spot for Brazil is wide open for like who gets to go to Tokyo. And if he can make a run for Tokyo and go at like, that'll be at like 45 or six. That would be pretty nice. And he, I doubt he'll ever beat Emmanuel's like world tour record, like for medals, but he could have the longevity, right? Like he could be right. the guy that, that goes for the longest. Which yeah, be, for which sure. Be, which I mean, amazing. he might maybe already have that. I don't even know for world yeah. for world tour. Like, who's who would play? Who would have played longer than him on the I world tour? No like, because like Hayden's older than him, but Hayden only started playing world tour when he was like thirty five. Yeah. How did you find playing with uh with Ricardo on the whole? Like, was the language barrier a big problem? Um, it was tough for sure. I mean, it worked right away for us really well because we were, um we would just kind of just play and do whatever kind of like, I didn't know what he was doing and he didn't know what I was doing, but it kind of caught teams off guard a little bit. Yeah. And we were good. Oh, like always playing with him. We were a good side out team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it was, it was tough though, as it went along. Cause I just, it was hard to communicate mid match about what he was doing and what I was doing to get mm-hmm. on the same page defensively. Um, so that was like, just cause I think he's like a very, Read, he reads a lot on his blocks he'll just go and do things yeah, with his hands that, that you're not expecting as a defender yeah. and so uh, I kind of it kind of got me like stuck sometimes of, like I'm not sure what to do on defense like I don't I don't know if I should hide behind you or move or move late or make crazy plays because we were we struggled a bit at times just because I didn't I didn't have that communication with him um, but we still like it was still good it was still a super fun experience to be able to do that for a few events and um, you know, it's that's something that I would never give up for being able to play with him. And he's and it was like we still had good chemistry and like he wasn't like he was really good with me. Like I, he's can be really hard on partners, but like I felt like he was always kind of like like positive and not like super like I've seen him back in the day with Alvaro like want to throw him across the stadium uh, before. Him. <laughs> um, but it had its challenges like every partnership, but like. It was pretty, like, it was kind of refreshing to me to play with Tim, like, right after that, because, like, I jumped on with him, and, and we were, our communication's, like, really good. Like, I know what he's doing on the block. I, I know when this is happening or what what, what they're going to do on this play or that play. And, and so, like, defensively, I feel so much more comfortable just trying, just being able to read the game and make digs, and um, that part of it's a little bit easier. But then, you know, Ricardo's got a lot of other advantages as well to play with him. So 
it's just, been I've been lucky to be able to play with the guys I've been able to play with. Really slow <laughs> bump set that he's got in his locker, and yeah, the fact just stands and floats nowadays to the baseline to let himself just jog in really slowly <laughs> to block, and <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but him and Alvaro make a good team, though. I mean, it's uh, it's I'm really interested to watch that as in the next like because all the FIVBs are about to start up pretty quick here, so that'll be um, that'll be kind of interesting to watch. Yeah, I was I had it in my head that I'd see you before actually. I had it in my head that you were going to be back, yeah, a little bit, yeah, June or d- before the summer because I'm oh, a, a few of the four stars yeah. and five stars. So I was hoping we cross some cross paths. I know. So are you going to them? Yeah, I'm doing the World Champs uh, start for the comms. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You told me that, I think. Four That's amazing. Stars. Yes, it's, it's a different journey, but it's a fun one. Yeah, it's a super yeah. fun Yeah, so super, you super have like journey. four, then you said four or five tournaments this year? Yeah, and some indoor stuff as well. Um, I'm doing quite a lot of indoor and then quite a lot of skiing as well. So, yeah, it's sort of a change, nice. of, change of career. I'm still coaching, but uh, the juniors here, yeah. but just not as, not as full on, just doing what I can when right. I can. Which is uh, secondary thing. You're that's awesome though, man. Yeah, I mean, you're built for you're built for the comms. So yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of well, like feel I feel like I've learned so much from volleyball over the past few years that I'm a bit graded that I'm not coaching sometimes because uh, I'm seeing yeah. a, I'm seeing a hell of a lot more now and feel like I put in so much time. But it yeah. also helps my comms. So I like okay, it, it works. Yeah. It works either way. I mean, you so never know what like, the future holds eventually, too, right? So yeah, it's, for sure. it's always good to be like gathering more and more information and mm. i'm sure you're helping the the kids that you're working with right now too so yeah it's, it's um they're great kids coaching like fun i love coaching too that's kind of what i do in my off time as well yeah. is i coach individual private lessons quite a bit and, and mm-hmm. i love doing it because i feel like i learn things about myself even just coaching because you you go through like technique and you go through a bunch of stuff and you kind of like yeah you know what i need to do this more while i'm coaching someone it's like that kind of stuff yeah. helps me i feel like it's interesting just have a little but, Everything, everything works together. Yeah, you get the positives of everything, you know. Yeah, I th- I think so too, and I, I yeah I'm in, I'm enjoying the journey. But this is this is your journey, um for sure that we want to talk about. Talk to us about um like beforehand. How was Ben when you? Because obviously I know you for being with Ben, and it sounds more like relationships than it does beach volleyball. Mm-hmm. But but like how did he take it? Like you had the journey up to to Rio. You took a took a ninth. Uh, yeah. Lost to Brad Mewson, which is no, yeah, like lots of teams have done that before. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was the first time we ever lost to them, though. By the way, oh, which was sh- tough. Shit. That was the hardest. We we were like five and zero against them, and then got absolutely smashed in Rio. So it was like, <laughs> Rio was kind of tough. It was like, man, it was really cool that we were really good for a long time and made it there and did and did reasonably well. Um, but like, it kind of like left me wanting more, like way more, um, which. It was like a weird feeling after after all that, you know, training and playing and for years. So it was like, yeah, what do you do now? Um, but in terms of like Ben and I, when when it all went down, it was, I mean, we're still really good friends and everything. And um, the year after the Olympics, uh, we it was a really weird year for FIVB. There was only like six or seven events, like four stars, four and five, like maybe a couple five. It was like a really slow year, and we didn't have a great year um like it was it was uh at least yeah it wasn't great i mean we we just weren't playing the way we can play i know i know that and and i felt like kind of like the time was coming to of the the partnership kind of was coming the end of the partnership was coming is what i felt like 
Um, and we kind of had done a lot and done most of what I thought we could achieve. And, um, so like through the year, I was pretty frustrated with how things were going results wise. And then just kind of, I kind of laid it out to Ben, like at one point, like I, I'm, I might be like thinking of other options at this point, like to see kind of what the future might hold. I don't know what I want to do right now. Um, and he, he understood, like he felt it too. Like it was tough. It was tough for both of us. So we, we weren't getting the results we wanted to get. That was like right before we went into world championships basically. Cause I was kind of like at the point where I was like, I'm just going to lay it all out there and hopefully this kind of like rejuvenates us a little, rejuvenates us a little bit. Um, so we were like a little looser with each other after that maybe. And we just decided to, to like change sides and to just play, you know, try to try to just play, like just try to just play good and, and enjoy it. Basically enjoy it right now because there's a chance that we might be done soon. Um, we ended up like going there and, we started switching. We started on opposite sides, and we ended up starting to play really well. And then we started to run into a little bit of trouble. We switched back to normal, and then like we kind of took off and played really well that event. Um, we we got fifth at the World Championships that year, so it ended up like kind of saving the season a little bit because um, that's that was like by far and away the most important event. Um, obviously, World Championships is always huge. And but, it, was a, it was a great World um, Champs as well, right, Vienna? It was unbelievable, yeah. and then. I don't even, we, so we beat Allison Bruno to go to fifth and then we lost like 15-13 to Evandro Andre or something it was like stupid close and then they ended up winning so it was like man like we can be so good um, when we're when we're playing well but at that point I was kind of really considering changing to the US already like I really even regardless of the result I was like I really want to see what I can do and and we were, like I, I thought the partnership was kind of going to end anyways and um, so that was kind of going to be it. And then we got like a, a last minute call wild card into the world tour finals and then we're like, okay, we'll play that. And then we ended up playing really well there too. Ended up being fifth, but like almost, well, we should have been in the semifinals there. Cause that was kind of a, that was a tough one, but losing to Phil and Nick after we won the first set and we were up 19, 15 in the second set and we lost the match. So that was tough, but, um, all in all, like we had a great, we both kind of agreed, like we had a great run of five years and um, we did a lot of stuff and we both took our games to a completely level, a different level than we thought we even had. So um, we're still good buddies. He comes over to California and stays at my place. And um, it's hard to have a partnership for much longer than that. And these days, I feel like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's to compete with someone for that long. It's, it's crazy, but a lot of guys have done it for longer than that. Um, like Herrera Guevara and Latvia and and it's just it's it's hard but it, I think it helps to play with someone for a long time but at some point you're going to kind of peak I feel like and and um and then at that point maybe you know maybe it is better to look look around and see what else you can do well, in the US they change like every three hours yeah so I was going to say different. like in the USA you are literally in like there's so many options that people always think the grass is maybe greener um yeah I know it's kind of crazy like that's one thing that I don't, and I've told a lot of guys that I talk to is like, I don't like that. I don't like, I really don't want to pick up a guy and know that like he might pick up someone else in two months. If, if someone gets injured or someone does this and that, and there's a lot to be said about like growing as a team and going through bad times and good times and not just like bailing ship as soon as something goes wrong. Um, so I think part of the culture here is not good that way. It's a lot of the top teams stay together for a long time here, like Jake and Taylor and mm-hmm. Phil and Nick but like besides that, everyone else is like just a shit show. <laughs> so uh, 
I don't want that to be like that. There's got to be that sweet spot when you like, like you were like you were describing with Ricardo, where you just sort of you know what they're gonna do, and you you don't like you know your communication's really good, but also you you know their playing style so well, you know what to expect and how to do it. But then yeah, you're right. I reckon you must like once you change partners after a long time, you just have to learn a bunch of new things, and you kind of have to grow as a player to change after being yeah. with someone so long. For sure, it's. And that's kind of the cool part that I realized after, because I played with Ben for so long that I just knew the one way to, I knew the way that we played. And so like now that I've been playing with different guys and just training with a whole bunch of guys all the time, especially because my partner lives in Minnesota, um, it's been like really cool to, to change my game up in different ways a lot of the time. Like sometimes I need to, sometimes I need to play more aggressive from the baseline. Sometimes I need to play different defensively. Um, you know, sometimes I have to go split block with some guys because they're they're split blocking or whatever. Um, it's just cool to kind of like round your game in different ways in terms of training. Um, but still, like I still think that the ideal situation is finding a guy that you're going to play with for several years. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like for a quad, a quad is like a good time to play with a, a guy. I feel like before by the time the quad runs up, like that's when you're yeah. probably going to be at your at your best. And um, if you look at you know even like Rio. The top teams were like Alison Bruno, uh, the Dutchies, and Russia, and all of those teams played together for like four years, probably right. Mm-hmm. Like Semenov, Krasilnikov have been playing together for probably four years by then. I feel like, or maybe mm-hmm. three or four. But the rest of the teams have been playing together the whole quad, um, yeah. and it goes to show like that worked out for them. That worked out for all of them. Mm-hmm. And it gives you chance. I mean, like, as it, what, what I find really interesting about what you just said, like it takes different, and this is what we're coaching with the kids. It takes different tools to beat different teams. So, like, if you're playing someone who has great court vision, then your defensive timings are going to have to be different to somebody who plays a bit of a wider set and has a, just a couple of angles to hit. Or, yeah, you might play a Vandro who you know that if he's yeah. serving really well, you're in trouble. But if it serves a little yeah. bit off, then you can maybe side out. Or it, there's just so totally. many. There's so many different ways. It just changes ways. the way you play. Like, yeah, if you yeah. play like a Vandro, the game plan against him has always been for me and whoever I'm playing. Well, I play with Ben only against them, but like they're not they were never amazing defensively they were amazing on the baseline so if you can just manage to not get ace and get the ball up to a settable position then let's make each other better on the set like i'll get you on you get me on and and we'll just go to work and see what happens um that's kind of like the game plan against someone like that so it just Mm. changes a lot like and that's that's why i love the game so much it just like there's so many variables every game is something completely new like you might be you might like be all over a guy one one game and play the best game of your life and like like make a crazy amount of digs and ace a guy a lot and then the next game you're playing someone else and they play completely different and you just struggle and you can't figure it out and that's what's mm-hmm. kind of cool about it yeah i i agree that's why i like it i like the figuring out the problem solving the decision making and the angles and the speeds especially yeah. from the baseline the serving angles and stuff like that that's totally what I, I like what i do um that's been awesome has anything mm. you well, should we ask the uh, the dream? Yeah, the dream pairings. pairings. We've got two questions for you. <laughs> uh, sure. First of all, who, if you could pick anyone in the world, past or present or whatever, to play with, you can have played with them already, or someone you haven't played with. Who would you who would you pick as a dream partner? Anybody ever? Yeah. Um, I mean, because I'm in the U.S. now, I, I would just pick, say Phil. Like, I would love to play with Phil. And like him and I are good buddies too, so we like play video games together online, and, yeah. and he's just a sweet dude. So 
I, if I was if I was in the U.S. since I was going going earlier, I would have, that would have been like the goal always to play with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's since I came on the tour, I've never seen anybody do things the way he does th- things, and for that alone is like a reason why every player would want to play with him. I feel like, but that's a pretty easy answer for me, I guess. But and he um, does all these things, and he's so blasé about them all. <laughs> yep. And our second question is: if you could, if you could pick two players in the world to pair up with each other, what would your dream pair be? Well, I'll, I'll leave Phil out of it because we've already used him as an example. Um, um, you know, so, um, let me think here. I would go with, I like the way like Chris Selnikov plays on Russia, he's really good. Um, so I'll go with him. Um, and then blocking for him, I think if he played with Evandro, that'd be pretty ridiculous because yeah, they would like serve teams off the court <laughs> and just kind of play like a high ball setting game for each other. But it'd be like a different style. It'd be kind of just like more straight up and down volleyball, but they would be just devastating from from the baseline and then like just people would be out of system all the time and i'd go with that i think that'd be a ridiculous team i would say that chris ilnikov is like he was so i was doing the comms in the hague and he was so impressive like he's so dynamic on on the left like his feet work really well and yeah Yeah. he's so dynamic and he's wait he played he uh yeah yeah and then, like, dude, Stoyanovsky is ridiculous, though. Yeah. Like, that team alone, if they're on, can will beat anyone, I think. Yeah. Because like, they're so, so, so good. Who's your money on um, for a gold? If you had to pick your gold medalist, you're all... What would be your podium now for Tokyo? That's another um, big question. I think, like, the Norwegians have proven that they have a good chance to medal, so mm-hmm. I'd pick them to medal. Um... I think the Russians have again like Stoyanovsky, those guys are just ridiculous. They I might win the like, final. at this point. They're so good. And then I would go like Bruno and Evandro, but then also also I think Phil and Nick have a really good chance too, because I know that Phil's coming back hungry. Um, and I think at this point, like I talked to him recently and he's he's uh, hungrier than he's been for a while, I think. Um, so I think I think that they're going to have a good shot. I think that not a lot of people are kind of counting them out a little bit. But between those four teams, I think it's impossible to pick who's going to get first, second, third, fourth. But that wouldn't be surprising to me if that was like the semifinals. But how how crazy is the depth now? Like the depth the depth is nuts because you still have like the Brown Musa. Yeah, and you, you got still the have... Dutchies, and you got Herrera yeah. here, and you got um, a ma- like a ridiculously good amount of Latvia. It's uh. Yeah, you still have the Italians I, somewhere I in the I mix of it. I might have to change it. my answer because there's so many good teams. <laughs> I mean, yeah, within like the top 10, 15 teams, anybody could win. It's whoever puts kind of their best tournament together mm. for the Olympics. Like that's kind of, just like you see, like almost every tournament, there's different teams on the podium. Besides last year when, when Mole Sorum like went off and I don't know if that's going to be able to re- be repeatable ever again, like by winning five in a row, I think. Yeah. Right? Did they win five in a row? Yeah, but if you're making that, making six six again. blocks six blocks of sets, crazy. Like I don't just, think like I would never I would not bet on that happening again like ever like it's it's crazy to me that they did that. And back in the day, I know like teams would do that. Like Phil and Todd used to win over and over and over again, and 
Ricardo and Manuel used to win over and over again. But like nowadays with the depth, it's it's insane. Like there's so many good teams. Um, and even like when me and Ben were playing a couple years ago, it was like if you're in the top 20 and you're in the main draw, if you just feel good and get hot that week, then you're you could you'll you'll be meddling and you might win the thing. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy. It's cool though. It's like, it's what makes it a great game. It's not mm-hmm. it's not the NBA where you got the same teams in the finals every year. Yeah, not like. You know, I, I don't like that. I, I like the unpredictable that you have to be on your game every game. And if you're off even 10%, you're going to lose that match. For sure. Um, it's, it's yeah, I love it. Hang on. I'm going to make that hang on. So you're going Norwegians, Russians, Brazilians. I think that's a, yeah. pretty much the same as what I go. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hey, thank you. And Phil, Th- Phil and Nick for Dark Horse. Yeah, they're going to be right there too, eh? I'm not sure if you call them a Dark Horse because they're ridiculously good. So yeah. it'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting. That's unbelievable. Mate, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having um, me, guys. Can, that was fun. Yeah, can we, uh, can we get you in again when you when you make your comeback? Yeah, that right? absolutely. That, I'd love to like follow the, it, uh, uh, like the... Like in the winter sometime, like yeah, November, yeah. December or something. After that's... I've played a few events maybe. Or whenever yeah. you want. Mate, good luck with everything. Good, good luck with uh, yeah the yeah, fatherhood man. quest and first yeah, and foremost and volleyball guys. and stuff. And Enjoy it. Good luck yeah. with the podcast. So that was Kame Shork, ladies and gentlemen. And again, how lucky were we to have Kame on the show? Me and Cam both had a great time talking with Kame, and we can't wait to see a who he plays with when he hits the FIVB World Tour again. We can't wait ha- to see how he gets on after two years out of international beach volleyball but also domestically we're looking forward to see his growth on the AVP and it's just interesting to see how much it means to him to play on the AVP and what a great tour it really is also how good were the stories about Ricardo by the way and for myself a massive beach volleyballing fan for a long time big fan of Ricardo as well so Kane Schulk what a great guy and what another great episode of Freeball the volleyball podcast please 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 Keep following the pod. Keep subscribing. iTunes, Spotify. Follow us on Instagram, Freeball Pod, or like us on Facebook, Freeball the Volleyball Podcast. And just stay up to date because we have got more hot shows coming your way. 